everybody. Happy New Year from your pals at the Punk Die Die Podcast. Ooh, happy New Year. Ooh. Yeah. We should have one of those noisemaker things. Actually, yeah. by the time people hear this, it's going to be like well over a week into the new year. But Ivy, get down. Get down. Get. Why did you decide to be recording before you jumped on my lap? Sorry. Neil's demon cat from hell is jumping on his lap. Actually, apparently. it's not that one. It's the regular cat. For some reason, um, she wanted to jump in my lap as I started the show. You know, I stand by my statement. What's that? Demon cat? <laughs> well, compared, you know, to the, a, com- compared to the other one that everyone's terrified of. <laughs> I'm not a big uh, cat aficionado. I went over to my daughter's apartment. She lives by herself. She's got a little two-bedroom apartment in like a suburb of Grand Rapids. And uh, she's got these two black kittens. They're kind of in that awkward stage between being tiny and being full-grown. And they just chase, chase each other around like mad people. It's something else. Well, at least they're not like... Chasing you around and well, get, getting into our stuff, hopefully, and chewing up and taking shits in the house and stuff. Hopefully, they're litter box trained. I think so. I don't know. I, I we had cats. You know, I had a couple of cats over the years. My <sighs> wife and I did. Mm-hmm. I'll never have another cat. Why is that? There's so they're much less work-, work than a dog, dude. I know, but they have no value to society. Sure, they do. They got their own value. They they fucking judge you constantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they literally. I mean, uh, in a perfect scenario, at least a dog can provide like a modicum of protection. Like if somebody's trying to break in your house, a dog will bark. A cat would be like, eh, I don't care if these people die. It's fine. That's one of the reasons why I respect cats, man. They got their own thing going on. That suckers for you. They're, they're, uh, yeah, I guess cats were like autistic before autism was cool. Right. They didn't care about anything. They don't care about you. They don't care. About, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, there's one that, that I don't know. It was a funny meme I saw. Uh, it was someone like, oh, a dog, you know, can obey basic commands, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, like a human mental age of three. Sure. A, a cat's tired of your shit. Mental age 42. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> there you, you know? go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. That's why I appreciate cats. Meanwhile, my dog is is like, I, I think if someone broke into my house to do us harm, the dog would lick their hand and demand to be petted. Oh, your dog is one of the friendliest dogs I've ever met in my life, to be honest. Sheena's such a, a lovely dog. And she's getting very tired. It's just, just watching her get up off the ground. It's, it's yeah. pretty painful. But Do you think 2023 might... My... my wife was so pleased today, Neil. She brought and showed me that all four of her chickens laid an egg today. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been to like Aldi lately or whatever, but a dozen eggs is like 450 So maybe I will get the last laugh on this thing. I'm not sure. Uh, so these are these are egg laying chickens. This is the reason yes. you have them. Okay, so what are you gonna do? Because my one of my friends at work, Lou, he he used to keep chickens. Um, and you know he was always really happy in the summer with the amount of eggs and stuff. But then when it got to be winter, and he had to go and make sure the hen house was heated and stuff like that, it got to be just way too much work. So we ended up getting rid of them. So are you gonna heat the hen house? Are you gonna? do stuff every day to make sure they're okay in the well, mid, you, in the middle of the winter when you say hen house it brings to mind other things but <laughs> maybe for you the yeah we we did run a long extension cord back there it's like all the way in the back of my yard so the extension cord goes like over the pool deck and stuff and we have this thing to keep their water from freezing okay and we have this heat lamp and my wife dutifully goes out there every morning and turns on and then goes out there like 10 o'clock and turns off um, and the thing is, like in the winter, I guess production of eggs will fall right off. But my wife is coddling these chickens to the point where they're still laying eggs even in the winter. So I, I, I don't know, dude. Well, shouldn't the shouldn't the heat lamp be on at night? Wouldn't that be the place where it'd be most dangerous? No, because they won't sleep. They're like retarded. 
Uh, okay. You don't know the difference between day and night. (laughs) (laughs) Got retard chickens. I've been very offensive today. I I use the term autism to describe cats and retarded to describe chickens. I I apologize. I I feel. Well, well, I don't think autism is offensive to anybody, is it? Well, but you know what I mean, like with cats, like they have no like affection. (laughs) Like they can't. No, they have affection. They just they just they just decide when they're going to give it to you or not. Exactly. That's, that's what I but, like. That's what I like about him. I talked about my cat Elvis that I did have a lot of affection for. Had him for many, many years, mm-hmm. and he would jump up on your lap. And if you started petting him and he didn't want to be petted, he would bite you. <laughs> if he jumped up on your lap and you didn't pet him when he wanted to be petted, he would bite you. It was it was a wonderful symbiotic relationship we have with this cat. So, so that's interesting. I had a cat called Elvis too. I don't know if you met him, actually, when you came to my apartment the first time, the old apartment in Skokie. I feel like he was already gone. I feel like Elvis had already left the building, so to speak, by the time I uh Yeah, he was he, he was a street cat we found when I lived with my ex ex girlfriend in Chicago. Um he was a street cat we found. He's his mouth was all fucked up, so he looked like he had a perpetual sneer, which is why we called mm. him Elvis. Um mm. super affectionate cat, super loyal. He would like follow me down the street if I went for a walk and stuff. But uh, but somehow he'd still catch rats and stuff, even though his teeth was all were all fucked up. Hmm. Um, so he was we'll... a street cat. He only listened to street punk. <laughs> well, talking of that, that's actually pretty uh, pretty good all for right, today. Okay. I think. Of course, you can reach us at punk till I die seventy seven at Gmail, punk till I die podcast on Facebook. I should apparently we should be on urbanpunkfarmer.com dot com or something like that. <laughs> well, apparently, get this. So when I look at because you know now we're on Podbean and stuff, um, they actually give me real statistics. And the so okay, so Apple Podcast is where most people listen to us. Spotify that surprises is, me. I can't believe people. Uh, I, I didn't think. Oh, well, of course, I guess everybody's got an iPhone, right? Yeah, everyone's got exactly. Everyone's got an iPhone. Um, Spotify podcast is second. Um, and third is Google Podcasts, which I didn't even, I guess I knew it was a thing, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't put it up there, but of course Podbean does all that for us now. So they're the ones. Google does everything. Google's, Google is your mother, your father, your whole world. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So they've taken over from Apple on that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the third, that's the third most common, uh, platform that people listen to us on, which I find interesting. Huh. Yeah, because maybe I should start giving the address, you know, because uh, I list the address right on Facebook for our Apple and our Spotify feeds. Maybe I should start doing it for Google. I assume that's just like people just like punk, punch in like punk till I die and that comes up because I, I, that's I mean, Google's a search engine, right? Or is, well, it's, I, it's it's many, many. It was originally just a search engine. But these days, Google is many, many things. They even have a phone, right? They, they have lots of things. Finger and lots of pies. But um, I, I wouldn't know, Neil. I'm a Firefox guy. I know. <laughs> yes, yeah, I go back to uh, Netscape Navigator. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess we can pay, right? So that um, it, when aggregators, when someone does a search just for punk, that we, if we pay, we could be like the you know, in the top 10 things that show up, you know, so. Well, I, I got to tell you, I take great pride in the fact that we've grown this thing as much as we have without like giving Facebook money or without, you know what I mean? It's, it's been pretty organic. It's just, you know, we've grown it gradually. We've been very patient and, uh, you know. Dude, talking about Facebook a second, I don't know what happened on January 1st, but now on my Facebook feed, all I get is like boner pills. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, every other advert is for fucking boner pills and some girl saying, this will make my, you know, this might, I gave this to my man and now he's like spraying 10 pounds of goo all over me. 
Because that's, uh, what, that's what every every woman I've ever met, she's like, I would like you more if you had more ejaculoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh. So I, I keep going into the Facebook thing and saying, you know, Marco's inappropriate. I don't. I want to see less ads like this. I think that might be doing just the opposite. It might have to be giving me more ads like that. So, me, me, me do think thou dost protest too much. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yeah, so now I've hit 60, I need the boner pills. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. We better play a song. All right. Since we're pre- still pretending this is a punk rock podcast and not just an old man lifestyle podcast, uh, but that's the thing. You know, the funny thing is, like, if we, if we, if if Google sells ads during this, if they knew our audience, that's what they'd be advertising, right? Boner pills, import beer, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, exactly. All the things I'm into, apparently. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and cats, Out of jail, and boner pills. Cat breeding. That's the name of your second solo. Album. <laughs> So you want to play? You want to play a song, or shall I play a song? Well, I think uh, looking at your list of songs, I think one of your band names goes perfectly with what we were just talking about. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I don't know what you're talking about. Um, let me see. Bone Crusher. <laughs> oh, Bone Crusher. So. I think you that's know, the name of one of the pills, actually. <laughs> so, you know, Pirates Press loves to do these sales where they'll blow out LPs for, like, five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yep. And singles for, like, two bucks. I've gotten to the point where, if like, if it's an LP that I it looks kind of cool, and if it's, like, a color variant and it's five bucks, I'll just order stuff. Mm. So I've gotten a bunch of them, really, without knowing what they were. And one of the, one of the most recent batches I got had this band Bone Crusher in it with the great album title, Boulevard of Broken Bones. Um, and it's actually black, not not a colored variant, but it comes in a nice gayfold jacket, and it's just a tremendously great, like hard edged, rough street punk album. And you and I both are kind of in the mood. And I, I swear we did this last year too, or like two years ago, when we listened to it, spent a good chunk of the year listening to a bunch of pop punk stuff. It's like I want to listen to some tough, like punch you in the jaw punk rock stuff. So most of my songs today, actually all my songs today are kind of like tough guy punching the jaw punk rock stuff. Good. Yeah, I mean I completely so I completely I completely get that after listening to too much pop punk, yeah, for sure. So this is um Bone Crusher. They're from somewhere in California. They have a ton of records out actually. And I think this is a <laughs> kind of like European like uh Pirates Press like has a subsidiary with a bunch of European kind of labels. So even though these guys are from California, I think this is on one of those labels, like Contra or one of those. But anyway, yeah, this is Bone Crusher from their Boulevard of Broken Bones album, and the song is called In This Life.
that was bone crusher there with in this life and i mean did you, you, I, I, well, do you feel I, any do you feel any blood flow listening to that song did you, you feel any tingling <laughs> well it didn't give me a boner if that's what you mean but um had you not heard of those guys before i've heard of them but i never really listened to them before and i just i just picked up the album and like this is really cool you got you i mean you, you're familiar yeah i got a cd somewhere and when in the days of the early you know late 90s early 2000 when i was buying cds um, yep. I think it was, it had a skull on the cover. I think it was called like tomorrow is too late or something like that. And yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was, they were, they were really good. I liked them. Um, good stuff. yeah, but they had, at that point they had, they had a lot of singles and stuff like that. And it, it seemed yeah, they like got, it was, they got six or eight or 10 out. I mean, LPs, they have a ton of stuff. Right. Like. Yeah, 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 for sure. It looked like a whole thing. And at that point, I was looking for new things to listen to. So we probably had like 20 different bands I was trying to investigate. So you can't get too deep into any of them, you know? Sure. So uh, Yeah, that's one of the problems with buying records in huge. I mean, you were at my house one time when I got just this huge box of stuff that I bought on sale. From Pirates Press, Pirates right? Press. Yeah, you got, yeah, like, you got like 10 things. In fact, they threw in like two free things, I think, didn't they? I think it was like six or eight LPs and 10 or 12 singles. I mean, it was a huge, it was like 15. I mean, it was a stupid amount of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of hard to give it all a fair shake, you know? Well, yeah, that, you know what? And that's getting to be more and more of a thing with me. And we'll get into record collecting later. Cause obviously we've had Christmas and my birthday and stuff. So sure. records have been coming in, but, um, over the last two days I've been, I've been thinking, Oh, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to look up some vinyl and I'm going to buy it. And then I'm like, well, do I? Am I really even going to play it? I mean, I'll be excited to get it, and I might put it on and listen to side A once. But I, I, I you know, you, but you know what I mean. That when you have so much new stuff coming in, it's like uh, I don't know. It's a it's a first world problem to have, right? But um, yeah. I'm like, well, do I really need to buy that? I.e., am I going to listen to it, or am I just going to put it on the shelf and be happy with it? I don't know. Well, I am officially. I shouldn't say I'm officially because I probably have a room for a few more, but I, my LP stuff section is just, is just full. I just don't really have any more room mm -hmm. and my top shelf, I got, you know, it's two shelves. My cereal sits on there. It's like so packed. There's really, the records are too tight together. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like I'm I know what you mean. Yep. The, 
mangling the corners, getting them in and out, you know? Or when you pull, um, or when you pull one out, like six things pull out with it. Or when you yeah. push it back in, like it pushes all well, the things around well, it. Well, that works out well to put it back because you, like, leave the record next to it. Yeah, true out. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in, you know, for me, and maybe not so much for you, but I just, I do think about the fact that I probably will downsize at some point, even though I think I'm probably going to add some storage or something i have room for more seven inches quite a few actually i could probably get a couple hundred more seven inches at least i think it's easier to buy storage than it will be to get rid to decide which albums you want to get rid of i think that'll be easier what i ended up doing because i've had that problem too right i just moved in i have two of those big eight cube things and it's pretty full so what i did i moved i used to have all the compilations on there at the end so i moved all the compilations out and just spaced everything else out so now i have room for probably like three or four more albums in each of the eight uh 16 cubes that i have i guess i guess um but talking about that one of the gifts i got for christmas was actually very very cool it was the record divide the alphabetized record dividers yes so I saw that. Yeah. yeah so it's like a plastic it's like a a plastic thing the size of an album with a tab that comes out right just like you'd see in a record store sure and um yeah you know but think of how many records you're losing stores for but <laughs> they're, they're pretty thin they're pretty thin <laughs> they're pretty thin luckily but um it was interesting because you know they it wasn't cheap i think i think the set of 26 was like 70 bucks so why well it was I a, it, it, my own for that it was a present right um sure. but i expected for that kind of price for them to be all put together but no, I had to like it came with a like a set of letter set letters, and I had to be the one that you know you actually place the letters on there and space them out correctly and stuff like you that. Had to, like so, snap them on or what? No, they were like letter set. Like you remember how back in the day you'd have those like uh, if you're making a zine or something, you get um, just what was it called? Press and stick or whatever, whatever those kind of letters were. Anyway, oh man, so, so it yeah. came with an alpha, alpha you know, the full alphabet, like four A's, four B's, and you just peel them off and stick them on. But you want to make you have to make sure that they're you know all of them are spaced in the same place, otherwise it looks shitty, right? So it actually took about an hour's worth of work to get this thing up and up and working before I could put it in. But I'm very happy with it. It's very cool now that if I'm looking for a Clash album, I know exactly pretty much where to go. You know, mm. I do like it. Now, but talking of that, this is something I've wanted to ask you for a while. So if you get like the Clash, obviously that goes in C, right? Sure. But like Susie Moon, for example. Does that go in S or does it go in M? I got to tell you, Neil, I've changed my tune on this because I always would have put it in M because what kind of an idiot would use first names to organize? Right. But I have gone sort of to the Discogs organizational system because it's easier to keep track. If I got my laptop open and I'm going through my stuff, it's just easier. So as of, uh, you know... When I'm as I'm reorganizing right now, I'm I'm doing it by the. In, she would be in the S's. She's still in the M's because my LP is the last thing I haven't organized yet, but she hmm. will end up in the S's. So Elvis Presley, you would put an E. Yes. Okay. Interesting. That, that's kind of a weird one, anyway, because he's more known by his first name than his last that's name. That's true. But, yeah, that's true. But it is a little bit disconcerting because I started doing that because so so you get a bunch of so there's like how many Johnnies like I have probably five different Johnnies in my collection, you know, and maybe a couple of Jimmies and some of the common names, you know, Robert or something. So you do have quite a bit of that, but it is easier. I I don't know. And it's, I still have a few where I don't necessarily follow the Discogs things, 
Like the one thing that I think is weird, you know, I have a couple Johnny Thunders things. Well, it puts Johnny Thunders in the H. See, that's a really interesting. Well, that's a that's a perfect example, right? Yeah. Do you put Johnny Thunders in the J, under T, or in the H? <laughs> but what if you got what if you got Soul Alone and you got LAMF? Because yeah. one of them was with the Heartbreakers. One of them was truly Soul. But yeah. these are real. This is some real record collecting minutia here. Huh? No, but it is this interesting. Is gold, this is the Goldmine podcast. Hey, Doctor Disc. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask you the same thing for Joey Ramone. Does Joey Ramone go under J, or does Joey Ramone go with the Ramone stuff? That's funny. <laughs> I think I still have that with the Ramone stuff. I think I do too. Yeah, I think I do too. I don't know. Listen, it's not a perfect system. Interesting stuff. And my daughter goes completely crazy. She organizes it by genre. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. That's. I'm not much. a record store. I don't have that much stuff. If I, I do you know. have, I used to keep my compilation. Like, okay, so I have the sound soundtracks, for example. Yeah. You know, I only have a handful of soundtracks, but I have like Pulp Fiction. I have the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. You have the Sound of Music, I, don't you? Don't lie. I, well, South Pacific, dude. Yeah. I used to have it in the P's, but now I have all my various artists at the end. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I was saying. Yeah, like I, Rock and Roll High School. Yeah. I think I may have had with the Ramones originally, hmm. but now I have that like in the at the end. But I, I, I don't know. It's just you know, it it's sort of a weird phenomenon, right? Because there's the organizing. I, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. The organizing sort of tickles the same fancy as buying so there is a certain amount of enjoyment in just playing with these things which is silly but you know okay so here's a depressing thought do you ever um when you're looking through your albums you like find one and you're like yeah i'm not gonna play that right now and then the thought comes into your head am i ever gonna play this again in the rest of my life Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> fucking you, sad, you, isn't you it? My C, you see my CD, C, CD situation. Yeah, yeah. There's just no chance. I, yeah. As a matter of fact, I it's some of I might have so many CDs at this point that if I started in the A's right now, I might not make it to the end of my life. <laughs> I might not, or I might not, I, I might not make it to the Z's. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I do. I have three giant CD racks, like six by six, and I really need to. First get down to two and then down to one. But the problem with with CDs is, you know, and and if you go to a decent, reputable record store, if you know somebody, you and I, you know, we've been buying records for long enough. We have people we trust who work at record stores and whatnot. But CDs aren't worth anything. Right. So what do you do with them? I mean, you throw them away? Be just like my old cassettes. Yeah, I threw away probably like 200 I did throw cassettes. Away my cassettes yep. But yeah, cassettes are garbage, man. But it's funny now because some of those cassettes are fucking worth money. If like if you had an original like extra specs or something. Oh yeah, probably. God, it's so it's so weird. But that that's a good question. Um, oh shit, the thought has gone out of my head. Oh, uh, what the hell was I going to ask you? Just oh yeah. So I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. So you're younger than me. Did you... Yeah, we'll get into that a little more later, maybe. You, um, did you get rid, like, when you went to CDs, when you started buying, went going crazy and buying all these thousands of CDs, did you get rid of all your vinyl, or did you keep your old vinyl as well? Uh, it's funny, I never got rid of my singles, my 7-inch records. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was just because they were so easy to store, but I purged majority of my LPs. Hmm. But I didn't have that many. I mean, we're probably talking like thirty. Now, when you, you say know? when you say purge, you threw them away, or you sold them to a record store? Uh, gave some to my sister. Sold a bunch to the record store. Hmm. Okay. I, I mean, that. I didn't have. Listen, dude, I didn't have like first press of the Sex Pistols or anything. I didn't really have a lot of cool punk stuff. What it was, a lot of like hair metal stuff and a lot of um, 
just like rock, 80s rock stuff. Do you regret getting rid of it? And have you oh. and have you replaced it since? I have. I don't know that I've replaced any of the specific records, but I absolutely regret it. Yeah. At some point, I acquired a collection of sort of obscure. I, I would. I don't even know if I call it hair metal, but like '80s metal stuff. But it was like it wasn't like poison. It was like accept and like yeah, yeah, that kind of that kind of stuff. Like a little more like legit, and I I sold them all off, and the, I see now there's a huge collector market for that. Hmm. But there wasn't at one point. Those were garage sale records that. Yeah. But but you know nostalgia is a bitch, man. Yeah. No, I get so, that. But I, I've. I'm having a, I'm going through a real, a real weird phase with my record collecting right now, and we can talk about that in a minute. But I'll tell you what, why don't you play another? Why don't you play a song? Okay, it's pretty funny that you and I were going through, even though we didn't really talk that much over the Christmas break. Not um, too much. We actually went through a similar thing because I got tired of a lot of the pop punk that I was listening to or I was seeing on Facebook, you know, because some of the sites that we belong to and stuff. So I actually went the opposite direction. You went, you went Bone Crusher and uh, street stuff. I went a lot of Oi stuff, especially mm. Oi I'd never heard before. Well, I started, they're cousins, right? Yeah, oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very much so. So I was looking at a lot of English stuff um, that I, like newer English stuff. I'm not talking the business and stuff like that. I'm talking about newer English stuff because I was like, yeah, yeah I'll try and find out some about some new bands that I don't know about. Um, and so one that I found was a band called the East End Battos, um, yeah. who actually sound like they're, they're, I think they're actually from the 80s. Or something, but they haven't put very much stuff out. Maybe it's been a part-time thing for these guys. But the guy's got the classic oi voice. Um, he could be in the foreskins or something. Uh, Combat eighty four, something like that, is what he sounds like. So, um, I guess judge for yourself. Uh, I actually bought this album, so that I'm waiting for this album to come from England. Um, this is the East End Battles with another town.
East End Baddows there, obviously from the East End of London, with the song Another Town. And being from the East End, I assume they support West Ham as well, like all of those Oi bands are, apparently have to do. So, uh, so yeah. So, did you get any records for Christmas? Um, I did. Um, apparently, I'm difficult to buy for. So, I actually... I, I think... I think... I think you were right when you said you're difficult. Everything after that's just... <laughs> So what I ended up doing was buying some albums myself, and then you know I just got the money for them or whatever, and they were wrapped up and put them under the tree. Um, I, dude, oh, dude, this is my story. I don't even get the money for them. I just, I just, I end up buying paying your own presents. It really, well, it really is like, well, I ordered too much, and well, it was anyway. Well, well I, I was, I, but yeah, I, I, I end up doing that too. I'm like, here, wrap these up. My wife would be like, what do you want? You know, she really loves to give gifts. I'm, I'm, and and I'm just like. I just I just don't want a bunch of crap I don't need, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get so that anyway, yeah, sure. I'm like these. So make me happy. You know, I'll be so happy when I open them. So anyway, I'm sorry. What'd you get? Okay, well, oh Jesus Christ! I guess I didn't put them into discogs yet. Shit, that sucks. Um, <clears throat> two things I did get. None, none of your listeners will be particularly impressed by this, but um, oh, wait I, till you hear my list, Neil. None of our listeners. I got. <laughs> I got two um, very very difficult to get Morrissey albums. Um, which are expensive. Hmm. Um, because what, okay, now these are like what? What are these? Because you have all his full lengths, you have all his singles. What? What are we talking? Well, about? I didn't have vinyl. No, I didn't. I didn't have all his albums on vinyl. I bought, oh, oh, oh. These so this were, would be like like late nineties, early two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, when yeah. CD was king. So yes, of course, I, I have them on CD, but sure. um, I didn't have them on vinyl because the vinyl was very limited. And now trying to get it, it's this. This stuff is all over one hundred and fifty bucks. Hundred fifty to two hundred. Um, so I got a uh, ringleader of the tormentors. It was one of the albums I got. Um, two thousand six. And the other one I got was you are the quarry, which was is one of his first comeback albums. I think from like two thousand two, maybe. Um, funny I thing. Away. Funny thing is, I, I I I well, he'd been kicked off record labels. <laughs> So, yeah, he seems speaking of difficult, right? Yeah. Um some issues. That was two thousand four. So that was so he actually formed his own label. So we hadn't had an album that was his first album in seven years. Um he actually formed his own record label for that called Attack. So I got You Are the Quarry on vinyl and I got Ringleader of the Tormentors. Now for some reason I got two copies of Ringleader of the Tormentors. Uh that's a whole nother story, which I'll tell in another like, time. Like but. like you ordered on disguise and they accidentally sent you two? No, I ordered on disc. Oh, this was one of the ones, dude. Okay, this is going back a bit. Um, I ordered one probably October, and from somewhere in Germany. And ten weeks later, it still hadn't shown up. So I gave up on it and told the guy that sold it to me, and he refunded me. He was insured, so he got his money back too, and he refunded me. 
and, and then you got it. And so and so what? Well, so then in in the meantime, so now it was coming up on it was coming up on early December. So I I said, oh, I want this for Christmas, you know. So I found somebody else that was selling. I think from England, and um, so that one that one came within a week or two. But the f- weird thing was, on the same day as the one from England came, the one from Germany came the same day. <laughs> Oh. So, so and 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 that's funny as well because it was a mix up with the post office because the post office uh tried to deliver one I nobody was home and they left me the little slip you know to go to the post office mm. but I, I, I there was something like there was someone like cuz they both got delivered the same day and Laura brought one in, so I thought that was the one. I didn't realize that the other one was still at the post office, and I don't know. It was a whole thing. It, it was a whole shenanigans. A, com- a comedy of errors. It was a comedy of errors that they both happened after. after Except you know, for like Morrissey, it wasn't actually funny. It's a, they're both great albums. They're both fantastic mm. albums. Um, but yes, yeah, so I have two copies of Ringleader of the Tormentors. So if somebody wants one for like two hundred bucks, just uh, there you go. Hit me hey, up. Best uh, offers. Best offers to. Well, uh, and the problem with these is uh, that they're difficult to – like, no one had them in the U.S. So that's why they were so expensive. I had to go on Discogs and order them from Europe. And then you got to pay 40 bucks shipping on exactly, top of Exactly. Exactly. Which is why they were so expensive. Huh. That's funny. I mean, if there's that much demand for them, why, why isn't somebody repressing these? Because cause Marcy is pissed off all, all the- I'm looking at you, sexy baby records. I'm looking at you, failure records and tapes. And you know Matt's a big fan. I think I think he's pissed off all the record labels so much that no one wants to give him the uh, the masters or whatever. So <laughs> I I don't think anybody can uh, can re- even okay so okay well, let's talk about that then. So he had signed to Capital I think Capital I think was going to put out his newest album in February, and you might have and also they were gonna they were gonna repress a lot of his earlier albums, hmm. but he just pissed them off. And he's no longer doing. He's never no longer with Capitol Records. So mm. yeah. So now I think he doesn't have a label. So failure records and tapes. You could you could put out the new, the new Morrissey record if you want. Like to. I said, failure records and tapes, <laughs> sexy baby, yep. garage rock. Yeah, we got a lot of people we could turn them on to. I think I mentioned it's a Red Scare actually, and Toby was semi interested. Was he? Yep. You know, but I, I think the thing is, I don't know that Morrissey's ego would allow him to go that route. The thing that's so funny about it is he has more than enough money to put this shit out himself. He could form does, his own label and to, do it do himself. He still needs to work. No, I don't think so. No, God, no. He's got to be. A, he's a multimillionaire. Has to be. Hmm. Has to be. But I think maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe you know? he's like maybe he's like Elton John. Like he spends one million dollars a month just on flowers for his house. I don't. I have a feeling he might be kind of a uh, kind of a kind of a Tom, a Tom Crandall with his money. I have a feeling. Ah. <laughs> Because, because I think I think he wants to be generous. I think he wants to be courted by a record label and treated like it's the seventies or eighties. Still, that's that's what I think. Otherwise, I can't see a reason why he hasn't put this shit out himself. It doesn't mm. make any sense to me. Anyway, well, that was a long story. We didn't mean to talk about Morrissey today, but those were the two records I got for Christmas. How about you? Well, I've been, you know, I, I talked a little bit about how I had, you know, my I have admitted, freely admitted even though it crushes my cool points, that my first musical love was hair metal, right? Yes, or, sir. We didn't call it hair metal back in those days. We just thought it was heavy metal or whatever, kind of wimpy heavy metal, pop metal, whatever. Um, and I recently read a book about the rise and fall of said genre. 
So I have been spending a little bit of time revisiting the genre. So my are you trying to grow your hair out again, Tom? Are you trying to grow that yes. the, that mullet out? Like the the ring, <laughs> like the like the monk, but like long in the back. That's that would disturbing. be really good. Yeah. You ever see somebody like based on their beard or their haircut or whatever? You see somebody walking around, you're going, "Did they choose that based on the fact that they never ever want to have sex again?" <laughs> That's what it would look like if I grew my hair out. But anyway. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so the stuff I got was actually a lot of uh, from that era. I got a few old favorites on vinyl that were CD era stuff. I got uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, which is the only one of their albums I would listen to anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Motley Crue, Shout the Devil, Ditto. Um, I got a couple of the other old like classic Def Leppard albums just no, like, like no are these reissues or are these OG pressings no 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 all reissues all okay. reissues. and they must have been reissued numerous times I would imagine right oh yeah yeah. it's like when you go into Discogs to put it in and you're like there are 261 versions <laughs> yeah, yeah try finding oh, it try finding it to put it in your catalog well but most of them are from the last year or two so okay but it's funny how much once again you know you'd be shocked how much like a Cinderella LP goes for huh Something that's but it sold a bazillion copies on cassette back in the day, or maybe a lot of records, honestly. But but I think the records weren't that well cared for. I think a lot of it's like vintage punk records, even the ones that sold well. People didn't take that good a care of them, you know. All right, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. People didn't think about those. It was just like the baseball cards back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, right? Yeah, you bought exactly. them and well, ditched them, yeah. Well, you know, you were talking about the cassettes. Like, if you get, like, old agnostic front cassettes or even Metallica cassettes or something, the originals, they are worth a little bit of money. You know, and I was talking about that. I think we talked about that when I went to that uh, the uh, Comic-Con here in Grand Rapids. And I'm walking around. I'm like, some of the OG Star Wars action figures are going for over 100 bucks without any packaging or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, in Ziploc bags. But what am I going to do? Save every piece of garbage I ever bought with hopes that it – one day it'll be worth something. You know, my mother didn't tolerate that. She cleaned the house. And, and once again, I don't, I have too much clutter as it is. I just can't hold on to things forever. Like when I'm done with it, I got to get it out, you know? Well, I think you, you said something once that your wife said, which is actually very, very, <laughs> it's very true. It's not worth anything if you're not going to sell it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, because I was going to say, yeah, now when I buy something, I keep the packaging for sure. I do. I keep it yeah. in the box and stuff. But you're right. It's not worth shit if you ain't never thinking of selling it. Well, the good news is, Neil, when we die, the people who love us will sell it. So, well, that's funny because Laura at the moment, um, one of her friends in the in the condo building has a bunch of old Barbie stuff. Like 50s, like original 59, 60, 61 Barbie mm. stuff, Barbie dolls and outfits. And like yeah, oh, very much so. And she wants to, I think she wants to move this lady. So she wanted Laura to see if she could sell it for her. So Laura is in the middle of selling this stuff for her on Facebook or eBay. And dude, she just sold an outfit for $1,000. You gotta so be kidding me. Not even the doll. It's just the fucking is outfit. Is it like gay guys? <laughs> yeah. just... Actually, funnily enough, like the person that bought this one today for a thousand dollars is gay. <laughs> I was going to say, who's well, no, I'm Cause... sorry, I'm sorry, is a guy. I meant it's a guy. <laughs> Whether it's gay or not, it's a different story. But he no, is I a mean, guy. I'm sure there's, you know, but because okay, so you're talking sixty. 
plus year old stuff. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be in your if you're a woman who played with these originally, you'd have to be in your seventies. I mean, are seventy something year old women buying Barbie dolls? No, this is obviously it's all a collector market, right? I mean, that, that's all it is. It's I mean, people. I know that Malibu Stacy, the, the the premier Malibu Stacy collector, was Waylon Smithers. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but that must be it. I assume that's a. <laughs> Simpsons Sim- reference? Okay. Simpsons reference. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, you, but getting you, you back to this, yeah. go ahead. When, you te- when we were texting earlier, you said something about The Simpsons, or how, how this this podcast and I is a show about nothing, oh, like yeah. this, like Seinfeld, and yeah. I said, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm like, I wonder if you got that reference. Do you remember that reference? The Seinfeld reference? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, the, yeah, the gay thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every time um, they must be gay. Oh, nothing's anything wrong with that. Anyway. But, but I mean, everything... Everything has become collectible, right? Anything from the anything from that's more than like 30, 40 years ago or whatever has become collectible and everybody wants I, oh God, and some of the people sending it, you know, Laura's putting this stuff up and there's people these nerds, you know, uh chiming in. Well this doesn't look original to me. It doesn't have the tiny uh original Barbie label it's which, had, stain, which had which had blue stain font. on the lapel. Oh not even that, not even that much. It's like it doesn't have the original label that a blue font. This one looks like it's red to me. So this isn't original, and it's just like fucking hell. See, that's see, Neil. This is exactly why I don't sell anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Laura. If I was you, I would just say, well, in that case, don't bid on the fucking thing. Well, if, that's, <laughs> that's, I don't understand why online people feel the need to make a comment all the time. Yeah, just, just shut up. Everybody wants to be smarter than everybody else. Well, it's just, I just, just, I'm sorry that you have no human interaction in your life, and you feel like you need to do this but anyway people are yeah getting back to that people just want uh yeah everything's collectible but it's collectible in the if it's worth way more in the original packaging right that's well once again and, and I'm, I'm gonna go on a rant that i've gone on before but the 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 problem with nostalgia it brings up warm feelings or whatever but you still have to be able to discern between what's good and what was good and what was bad just because something was around when you were a kid doesn't mean it was good right well if you owned it yeah. I mean, I guess I go to skateboard decks with that, right? I mean, some of the skateboard decks I owned in the 80s, um, good, bad, I'm not sure. But because I owned it, I would like to have it again if I could. You know what I mean? Well, it's that kind of thing. There's a, there's, a, there's a woman who does a show about helping people get rid of all the crap in their house and their clutter and whatnot. Yeah. And one of the principles, I think, is hold it in your hand. If it makes you happy, then keep it. If it doesn't, then don't. Hmm. Of course, I know that you're taking Viagra, so I, I don't even want to know what you're doing right now. <laughs> that, that's it. That seems that seems kind of stupid. It sounds like this woman is trying to like buy this expensive stuff from people and trying to make them get rid of it, kind of thing, you know? Maybe, maybe. Because I mean, because you know, just, some just people English. It's a weird show, but anyway, some people do collect just because they want to make money out of it. It's almost like the stock market, right? Well, and if if I had time, you know, it's like the Discogs thing, right? Like, I have enough stuff that I'd like to get rid of that I could potentially do a Discogs page. But do you want to deal with it, like, a, as a seller? Dude, that's very, very true, because it is a huge fucking hassle. I mean, that's why people do it as a full-time job, because it is a huge hassle dealing with the post office. And if you're selling internationally, you have to deal with customs forms and... Uh, yeah, and then you're getting taxed on it, right? You get taxed on everything, so it's yeah, that it is a huge pain in the ass. It's not fun, but bringing this all back full circle to punk stuff. I mean, geez, punk's st- not just records, but even like flyers back from the '80s. 
Like, if you got, like, original Black Flag flyers from, like, 82 yeah. or something, those are worth fucking hundreds of, hundreds of dollars. Well, how do you even know, though? It's the easiest thing to fake, right? Dude, it, dude, you're exactly right about that, about flyers and stuff. Same with t-shirts. I mean, t- eh, t-shirts maybe because of the labels and stuff. If it's got that old Screen Stars, like, tag in the back, you know, I guess. I guess. You know? Um, Seems like you could make a shoddy-looking... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a screen printer. Yeah. I mean, and you can age t-shirts as well. You can make them look old. You can, you know, make, put rips in them. You can do all that kind of stuff. But, you know, everything from back then is collectible. You know, old posters, you know, gig posters from, uh, like real posters I'm talking, not flyers. Um, Yeah. Those can go for hundreds, if not thousands, you know. (sighs) Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what, Neil. I'm going to play a song, another parts press find and it's a band called Victory. I believe they're from Minneapolis. Okay. I think they only put out the one album. It's called SOS. Good stuff. And I like this song. It's called Midwest Unrest. So this is this is Victory, Midwest Unrest. All right, that was a victory with Midwest Unrest. Um, dude, if you look on Discogs of Vic, at Victory, it's a very, like very, yeah, it's a very, very popular name. And most appear yeah. to be bad-looking European hair bands. Um, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and then Victory Records is the first hit, obviously. But that uh, that Victory Records is real cool. Like I said, I don't know how much stuff they put out, but it's it's beautiful, too. It's like it's black and white. and. What's the album blue. called? What's that? What's the album called? It's called SOS. It's got like the Statue of Liberty on the cover. SO. Oh, okay. I see it. Oh, this is number. This is Victory Eleven. So there's actually, a, it's there's not a... the Statue of Liberty, but it's some sort of Statue of Liberty looking thing. Oh, it, yeah. It looks like a looks like looks like a Barbie doll doing the Statue of Liberty pose. It's like uh, the Statue of Liberty's younger sister. So yeah, like I say, it's Victory Eleven. So it looks like they had the only one album, but like six singles or something like that. 
anyway, it's a cool record. Looks great, sounds great. Good stuff. From 2017. Um, talking of Pirates Press, I don't mean to diss them at all because they're, oh they're a wonderful label and they do great stuff, but um, this 50th anniversary tribute to... Um, why am I drawing a fucking blank? Coxbearer, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually... I'm I'm fascinated by this too, but I'll I'll go ahead and get your take here a minute before I. Uh, I just in. I just think it's odd. I think uh, wanting to do a fiftieth, uh, you know, thing for them that's awesome, but I'm baffled by the fact that it's only eight songs, and I'm baffled by some of the choices of bands on here. The big one being the Interrupters. I cannot believe that. Uh, a hugely influential band like Coxbearer, and the best they could find was, uh, you know, a, a plastic uh, ska band. Like well, the it's, Interrupters. it's interesting because I didn't know that they put anything out on the label, but I guess, you know, Tim Armstrong is very connected with them, obviously. and With Pirates he, Press? Yeah. Why? Well, they've done all the rancid, uh, like, albums and 7-inch box sets and stuff. Oh, they put out a ton of rancid stuff. They have. I mean, I knew they'd done like a rancid seven-inch box set, but I thought that was it. I mean, rancid. Would be... No, no, they've done a bunch of rancid stuff. Well, and they did some of the the side bands too. Obviously, they do a lot of the side projects. But um, oh, true enough. Yeah, I guess. My, so, yeah. My, it's interesting. I, I I'm I'm going to go ahead and and be optimistic about this, even though I haven't heard it yet, because okay, so you got so Pirates Press started out as more or less a street punk label. Yep. And these bands I'm playing tonight are street punk bands you may have never even heard of. But the fact of the matter is they could, uh, they could have easily put together a double album of bands that sound like Coxbar. Right. That's or, what I, and that's what I was expecting. Were directly influenced by Coxbar. Yep. But I think it's kind of fun that they thought outside the box and kind of put some bands that maybe you wouldn't think of. I mean, really there's only a couple of bands on there that are obvious choices to me. One of them being the drowns. Yep. All good friends. Yep. Uh, because they they have a they don't sound like Coxbar, but they clearly have a Coxbar influence, especially on the early stuff. Yep. And the other one I would say would be Grade Two. Yeah, Grade uh, Two for sure. Yep. Has kind of a even though they're kids, they kind of had a kind of a classic punk thing. But I think it's fun to put bands that are you wouldn't think of being influenced by Coxbar. I mean, you you wouldn't. It would you know if you were writing down Susie Moon's influences, Coxbar would be pretty far down the list, right? It would, and I wouldn't mind. Um, yeah, Susie Moon could be on there fine. Like you say, it's kind of unexpected, and that's great. If it was like a 24-track tribute with like two albums, like you said. But the yeah. fact that it's only eight tracks, and Susie Moon is one, and The Interrupters are another, and um, uh, what's the... What's the uh, is it the Agrilites or somebody? Yeah, the Agrilites or something like that. It's like, what the f- it I'm just doesn't big, make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not a big Agrilites fan, no. but I would be interested to hear. This is streaming. I need to listen to it. I just haven't got to it yet. I mean, did the, the, did Coxbar do any ska songs? I mean, I don't know why the Agrilites are on there. I don't. Well, and I assume I don't know if they ska it up or if they jam it out or what. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, I understand because those are all Pirates Press bands. I understand two, that. Two, two things just dropped on Pirates Press right in the first first of the year and i i'm i'm excited to listen to this coxbar thing i want to give it a chance i do find it a little odd but i think that's kind of the point is was to not just do the obvious yeah but that's fine but again do more than eight tracks you got to make it worth people's why to uh you know thing to buy why eight tracks that's 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 almost an ep for god's sakes i'll give you that a dozen tracks would have been better i'll give you that 
well, for Coxborough, 50th anniversary. It could have been fucking three albums. Could have been 50 songs. Yeah. yeah. Been 50 <laughs> bands doing it. But, but once again, you're going to get a bunch of bands that all kind of sound similar. And this has a pretty good variety of sounds. Okay. Um, but the other thing that just dropped was a new split single between The Drowns and um, Pliskin. Do you remember Pliskin? Pliskin, from yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, band from are they from Germany or France well, or what? They're straight up, straight up punk band, but they're from Germany. Yeah, it had the yeah. singer Stomper '98. Yep. Um, so this is so I'm pretty. It's good, good start for them. They always seem to come out of the gate pretty strong. It seems like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I was disappointed that it only had two tracks on it. Like one yeah, on each side. Once again, I would love to hear two songs by each band. Yep. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, boy, Neil, you're hard to please. Like if a record's <laughs> more than a half hour, you're like, it's too long. <laughs> it doesn't have enough tracks. It's not long enough. It's so, true. I'm an asshole. It's true. They, it's true. Bar eight song thing. It might be 25 minutes long. It might be a nice length for a record. Dude, you're going to skip over that. Have you heard the Interrupters track? It is so. It's every interrupter track sounds exactly the fucking same. Yeah, and, and this sounds and this sounds exactly the same as everything else they've done. Really? Yeah. What what's, what song do they do? Oh Jesus Christ! Now you're gonna make me look it up. Talk, oh, amongst, talk okay. amongst yourselves. It's one of the more famous ones, that's for sure. Well, I saw the I saw the Barstool Preachers do a song too, which is of course the singer's kid. Right. So so they had to be on there. I understand that. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and I see I see them doing a pretty good job. They have a sound that's i guess there's sort of you know undoubtedly some influence there right no they probably they probably tried to politicize it or politicize it or something like that and do something could stupid be. could be could be yeah no one knows wankers um i don't know neil how, how do you think he could even stand to talk to his father considering that cox bar apparently <laughs> unbeknownst to everyone is a far right man yes i know that was the most that was one of the most out there comments that we got for the those that don't know on our facebook group page someone posted i think it was jake posted he was listening to a coxbearer album yeah and the some, classic uh yeah. what what's it why can't uh shock troops shock troops yeah um and then someone posted that they're i used to listen to them but they're a far right band and it was like what the fuck are you talking about no, no proof offered at all just yep yeah. yeah. but i think there is an attitude that all oi bands are far right and that's and once again, it, I'm gonna, I, 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 you know, I can't speak for every single person at Pirates Press. I'm like, they're not gonna, they wouldn't even do business with a far right band. They're very liberal. Everybody who runs the place, you know, there's just, it's just not. You can't just make that blanket statement, have nothing to back it up. It's just ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Well, I, I mean, it, okay, if you said the Foreskins, if you said any other oi band, perhaps you'd have a leg to stand on, but not Caxbarra, for fuck's sake. That well, but is isn't just it, so silly. Isn't it interesting, you know, so I, I'm Midwestern, right? We were raised very patriotic and i've struggled with throughout the years i certainly wouldn't call myself very patriotic now though i'm not an america hater either you know but you know i mean is any level of patriotism considered like far-right extremism at this point even if you mention anything about uh, about your country or whatever yes it is apparently if, mean, if, if you're not a bleeding hot liberal okay, apparently well you're, but you're i mean that racist. you understand why you're getting pushback for that kind of stupidity you know yeah because listen, man, I'm I know I, I'm not someone who says my country is always right. We do a lot of stupid stuff in this country, and the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of things we've done that are, uh, you know, inexcusable. But the fact to, to you know these people who say United States is the worst imperialist nation ever in the history of the world or whatever, I'm like they, they're not very well versed in their history. Right, nope. We haven't been around. 
we haven't even been around long enough to do most of the things they've accused us of. Now, if you want to talk about a bastard nation, you got to go to your your home, right, Neil? You mean the people that civilize the world? Yeah, yeah, we, exactly. yeah, we civilize well, but, the fucking world. Yeah, I'll well, take that. You know, and obviously there is that there is that <laughs> legacy, right? <laughs> But it does make people our age insane to when you hear people bashing the founding fathers and Abraham Lincoln and all this stuff. I mean, like you realize they were the liberals of their time. Just because they didn't believe the same crap you do now doesn't mean they were some freaking jackbooted Nazis, you imbeciles. All the people that the people on the other side of the pond that say that you know the youngsters they say Winston Churchill was a fascist. It's like, well, he actually saved the world from fascism. So if he wasn't for Winston Churchill, you'd be speaking German right now, you fucking dickhead. Well, once again, it's a it's a it's a culture that I think values words more than action, and it's a scary stuff, man. Well, they only know a little bit of history. That's all they well, know is a the, tiny I mean, the bit fact of history. Is, okay, maybe Winston Churchill was anti-Semitic. Maybe he was. I don't know, but his actions superseded any anti-Semitism he had. You know, no, I don't know. So, Any, anyway, um, interrupters do. We're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back oh, for song. you. Great song. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Boston preachers do one called "Suicide Girls," which I don't know. Uh, that's a, that's from the nineties one. It's a great song too. Mm-hmm. She's with the suicide <clears throat> girls. That's a good song. That's a good song. The, dra- the drowns do Riot Squad, which obviously is a complete the thing, classic. You know the thing with the thing with Cox Neil that you might not appreciate because I'm sure you love all their old stuff. They're like every, I mean, they only have like seven albums or something, right? Right. But their '90s and 2000s stuff is really good. Well, I, I bought mean, I bought the last album. It was fantastic. Forever. Yeah, the one that was like was four years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you got to check out like uh, what is it called? Two Monkeys and uh, yeah, yeah. Here we stand and all. They're great. They're all great. Guilty as charged was another Guilty one. Guilty as charged. Yep, yep. They're all good. <clears throat> so, anyway. uh, oh yeah, and the ratchets are on this too, which I like because I love the ratchets. See, um, no, the ratchets are cool, but you wouldn't think of them as a. No, I mean they're not an oi band. They're more like a social D clash kind of thing, right? I didn't even know they were still a band. To be honest, they haven't done anything forever. Um, didn't they? No, they put out a single a couple years ago. Was it? Did they put out a full album? If you already put out a single two years ago, is they really a band anymore? They're another know? one, man. I, I have every, I have all their full lengths. I don't have all their. I don't think I have all their singles or anything. But just beautiful records. So they're the the physical records are so nice. Yeah. All colored and like really nice, really rigid jackets and really rigid inner sleeves. Just really good stuff, man. I mean, if you like the Clash second album, you know, um, give them enough rope. Um, if that's your favorite era of the Clash, like it is mine, the Ratchets sound just like that. At least one. At least the first record does. A little bit of like social D kind of sound. I On think. the later stuff for sure, yeah. But the the first record, or the first EP, uh, Heart of Town. Um, that's very. It's very Clash sound. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's not as aggressive as the songs I'm playing for you today, but it's good stuff. Right. Talking of that, maybe I should play another song. Yeah, play another song. Yeah. So this no, and I can't. You know what? I okay. So I played the East End Battles before, and that's where I started on my. Um, newer british oi stuff and you know when you when you look up something in uh, spotify or, or apple uh, music like i have um it'll suggest other things to you and so it started suggesting some of these other british oi bands and i can't guarantee <laughs> that some of these bands are not um how should we say? Well, none of them. Are, none of them a screwdriver. I can almost guarantee that. But I'm just. But I'm just. But I'm just. Like strong, strong endorsement. Well, I'm just saying. I assume if they're on Apple Music, they've been vetted, right? So I. I mean, we we played the Forgotten Rebels, Neil. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, and a lot of them seem to be doing just songs about football violence and stuff. So, anyway, this is a band called B-Squadron, and uh, this song is called Saturday's Soldiers. squadron with saturday's soldiers and let me see if i can find anything out about them at it's, all it's funny you mentioned that they're having like an oi like street punk like really hard show at cobra lounge there in chicago yeah and you mentioned the bands i looked them up and i'm trying to figure out like i don't mind the sound of that type of music and they seem the imagery is like really 80s yep. skinhead 
But I wonder, like, I, I'd like to get into the lyrics, like, because I'm curious. I mean, is it, is it similar messaging or is it like modernized? Is it more like, uh, you know, mo- like millennial <laughs> messaging with really tough guy music? Or I, I, don't, I don't think know. there's much millennial about uh, about that. In fact, I'm going to play one of the bands that's playing. I think. But I think there's I'll... young guys, but it's young guys doing <laughs> it. Is. Oh, it is young guys doing it. Yeah, for sure. But sure. I, I actually, I listened to some, I can't remember, one of them was, I mean, it's the most ridiculous name for a band I've ever heard. It's called, like, Conservative Military Image or something, right? <laughs> yes, in fact, it was going to play one of their songs tonight. And they didn't make the called, cut, but. Was it Violent Way or something? Um, Hold on once. It just has, like, this ridiculously oversized, muscular guy in, like, a tank top <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Vietnam jungle boots stomping around, you know? It's actually, it's actually a tiny bit gay, isn't it, that one? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's just... violent way. Yeah, violent. When he's holding, he's holding like a pit bull or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But musically, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I couldn't really, I didn't really know what they were talking. About. I didn't really, you know, dig into the message of it. I don't think you're going to go on lyrics. dot com and find the lyrics to any military conservative military image songs. Probably. Uh, well, let's see. Let's, let's but I assume let's... they're kind of mocking that by the name because I mean they they can't be serious with that name, right? I mean that can't be deadpan. Um, Violent Way, the newest EP, the one that has that huge muscly skinhead who's holding a pit bull. Yes. Um, the songs are called All Talk, Don't Worry About Me, Choke, and It Ain't Right. So um, huh. I'm assuming these... Oh, and the album is called Bow to No One. And they've got a song... They're kind, of, they're kind <laughs> of expensive if I'm right. They're not very easy to find. they got a song called Skinhead, which of course every, every oi band has a song called Skinhead. Um, sure. Stand Accused... You know, uh, just all things about probably being working class and drinking and being mm. loyal, you know. But, you know, not that I'm making fun of that. I'm just saying that's sure. a typical thing. That's, uh, and they're from uh, Violent Way is from Buffalo. Ah. So one thing they have had to do is, is uh, clean up a lot of snow. That's, yeah, that's, that's what they, They're all muscly because of the snow they've been shoveling. Shoveling, yes. <laughs> yes. But this is actually, it's, it's a fucking big night, man. I think there's like four bands playing. Hold on. Let me, let me look this sucker up. Yeah, I'm but they're all like 20 Latin. minutes. They play twenty minutes each. Yeah, but it's funny. Um, they're playing this, and I I hadn't heard. To be honest, I hadn't heard of any of these bands before I started looking this up. Because I was looking for gigs to go to. Because we can talk about that if you want. January's looking very thin. At least yeah, here I'm, I'm probably, I probably am not going to go to a show in January. So that's why I was looking. I was looking in detail at all of all of the, my favorite venues. And okay, so this is on January, January Friday, January twentieth. Violent Way, who were from Buffalo. Fear City, who were a skinhead band from Chicago. I've heard of them. Yeah. Conservative Military Image, who you were just mentioning, which is the most crazy name for a band, but but there you go. I'm, I, I, yeah, they're from Chicago, too, apparently. Conservative Military Image, CMI. And then there's another band called Spat, so who, I haven't, I, who I haven't heard of. But uh, yes. I just thought it was interesting. There's all, so there must be this underground scene that, you know, well, these bands are, otherwise, why would they be? Putting them all That's along, good because you know? the underground scene I've discovered. Well, of course I don't know because the underground scene around here is. I, I feel like I, I feel like they don't want me and I don't want them. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, so be it, I guess. Yeah, I uh, know. It's in, anyway that whole thing's interesting. So I might go to that if I want to. You know, I think it'll be fine. You know. Because <laughs> you you never see you, 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 it's one thing, right? You don't see skinheads on the streets anymore like you used to. No. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, to see the bar full of skinheads or half full, depending on. Dude, you get in there, it's all these like long-haired guys wearing tie-dye t-shirts and. Uh... What's well, funny? It seems like all of these skinhead bands, from what I've seen online, a lot of these bands, 
all the three regular members are, are skins, and then the drummer will be like a long hair because they can't. Because they can get whatever they can, they'll be yeah. happy to get whatever they can get. Exactly, exactly. It's pretty funny. So, uh, how, how the hell did we get onto that? I don't know. I, okay. I brought it up, I think, because I, I was fascinated once you talked about it. I went on Discog and started looking up their stuff. It's pretty obscure. Yeah. Well, these are all American bands, so but they're all the ones I'm playing tonight are all British bands. So, one of them I saw, I, I did see an article, and I can't remember. Was it No Echo or something? Where it was like twelve underground hardcore bands to watch, and one of them from that show was on that was on that list. I think it might have been that conservative military image. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, and once again, it's a time of lists, you know, and I, I've never felt more isolated this year than I, than, you know, never felt more isolated than I am this year when I look at all these lists and don't recognize, don't know what anybody's talking about. Dude, well, okay, it's interesting. So, yes, I agree with that. And, you know, we went through our best of 2022 lists and, you know, we talked about the shitty list from Brooklyn Vegan and, you know, some of the other bands. And there was no consensus really about what punk bands or what punk album was the best one last year. But, yeah. um, when I started looking at a lot of these uh, Chicago venues, looking for shows to go to in January, I, I guess I'm completely out of everything because 99.9% of the bands playing at, like Metro or you know Bottom Lounge or uh, Beat Kitchen, I haven't yeah. heard of. I haven't heard of any of these bands. Is and- there? Is but I mean, okay, so those are all venues that have all different kinds of music. Is there like a venue in? In Chicago, that's just like a punk venue, or not really? Not really. I mean, the closest I guess would be uh, either Cobra. Cobra Lounge or would be Reggie's, right? But Reggie's puts on so much metal these days, but, dude. But Reggie's might have like art, like they have like uh, prog rock and stuff. They do, they do. I assume they put on whatever they. They pretty much bring have people in. that's out of favor. They'll have it Reggie's. Yeah. I mean, the one thing they don't have is a lot of hip hop, which is you know for me it, that's good. But they, they have a little, yeah, and. Yeah. But you know, with that neighborhood, maybe that would be a a more a better thing for them to do. But I yeah. don't think that any of the bookers would know, right? Because all the yeah. bookers are probably guys like us. So, well, and I don't know where the I have no idea where the hip hop shows are in Chicago. Not really my scene. Uh, no. Well, I, t- I tell you, I tell you where they do have a lot of hip hop shows is um, used to be Subterranean, and there used to be a lot of punk shows at Subterranean. But now there's hardly any punk shows at subterranean but there's a lot of hip-hop and stuff so hmm. yeah well it is funny what you know it, it, it does make you feel old when you watch your venues that you used to know even if you didn't want to go to the shows you knew who everybody playing was or at least like exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. three quarters and then it was like half and then it's like you know the venues around here i i i mean i look at the i'm like the menzigers are playing at the intersection i'm not gonna go but at least i've heard of them right as opposed to, but I think it's a lot of, I think the most popular live music acts, it's a lot of like modern country and it's a lot of like just dance music, EDM or whatever. I just, I, you know, it's, it's not for me, you know, it's, it's whatever. Well, when, like I said, when I was looking at the the listings for the Metro and the Metro used to be all, you know, not rock. all, but it used to be least, all rock, but it was a lot of punk. It was a lot of Chicago punk too. There'd be, you know, Pegboy or Naked Dragon would be playing there all the time. And when I looked at this, I didn't recognize any of the band names, but then it would also be like, you know, coming back by popular demand. And I was like, well, so obviously somebody knows who these bands are because... <laughs> Because because they're being brought back and they're probably going to sell it out, but I I don't know any of these fucking bands, so well, I guess it's, it's good this live music scene, but well, and that's mm. the thing, you know, you know, 
you know, you, you don't want to be myopic, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, like when we were, you and I, I, I came to Chicago and went to two shows and one of them we thought should have been really well attended. And the other one we didn't think should be so well attended. And it was the opposite of what we thought, but right. you know, we, we kind of live in our own little bubble here. I guess. Yeah. Even though we try it and we, I mean, we listen to a lot more new bands than a lot of, yeah. you know, well, we listen to a lot more new bands than people our age do. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Even though when it push comes to shove, we do fall back into our old patterns. Though. Dude, is that you getting getting? Yeah, calls? it's it's I it's freaking text messages, man. Is it work? No. Oh, okay, good. It's 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 like a group chat with some friends of ours trying to figure out what's for freaking dinner tomorrow. <laughs> Turn that off. There you go. Popular stuff. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Anyway, so hey, dude, so what, you know, you got a very small family, obviously. What did you do for Christmas, man? Anything good? Well, okay, so it was interesting. So for Christmas, um, Lydia's uh, boyfriend, Chris, okay, from San Diego in the Navy, he actually came to stay with us. So Where, he, Where's his family? Uh, they're all in Northern California. Okay. So, uh, shit, what's the name of the town? I'm fucking blanking on it. It's actually where uh, American Graffiti was filmed. It's a tiny little town called San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> No, um, I can't think of what it's called, but it was where it was where they filmed. Uh, yeah, it was where they filmed American Graffiti. Um, but yeah, stationed in San Diego at the at the naval base, obviously. And he came out and stayed with us for for two weeks. So he actually just went home a couple of days ago. Um, and so we had uh, there was four of us, and uh, we just did you know regular stuff. We didn't do as much as we thought we were going to. First of all, because it was so bone chilling, fucking cold. Over, uh, the, over yeah. Christmas. You know, it started on that Friday. We were supposed to get this huge winter storm, which actually didn't amount to much snow-wise, but it was fucking freezing. It was like minus, I think in Celsius for our British listeners, it was like minus 26 or something. It was mm. fucking freezing. Um, so we didn't do much of that weekend. You know, Christmas was nice. We played board games. We stayed in, you know, had a lot of drinking and stuff in the house. Uh he actually went and got a lot of tattoos. He went to my old tattoo artist, and he went three different times and mm. got and got in two weeks and got tattooed. Is that the one that was so expensive? Yeah, but he left. He left uh, Great Lakes, and now he's like half the price. Now he's at a huh. different place, and he's like half the price. So clearly, he was having to pay a lot you of going, money. You going back to him, or are you happy with your new guy? No, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go back to him. I think um, when I decide to get something else, I'm gonna go back to him to Miles. Um, he's at a place called Fudun or Fudo now, um, which is uh, actually really close to me as well, which is handy. Um, but yeah, he went there three times. Lydia went there a couple times, and uh, so so yeah. And then we just did some, showed him around the city, and just did some touristy stuff. Actually, with him, went to the Art Institute one day. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I took him to a couple of bars, even though he's not twenty-one. So he never he never actually had anything to drink anywhere. But we took him to some other. Some of our favorite places. We went to Celtic Knots. We went to Duke of Perth. They won't card him because he's with you. That's true. Yeah. So we went to Duke of Perth, and that was actually great because our friend, the bartender, Mike, was there. And he greeted us warmly, found us a table, even though there wasn't really one there. And uh, I ended up giving him a T-shirt. And I don't know. It was cool. It was cool. He gave us free drinks all night. It was it was a good night. I saw him wearing the T-shirt. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Yes. Now, how about you? How was, how was your Christmas with your huge family? Well, it's funny, right? So we had we get so I have I have a living set of grandparents. They're getting pretty. It's getting pretty difficult for them to get around, but 
Um, so we had like a big family Christmas a week before Christmas in like a hall. And uh, it's always, it's got to be interesting when you're getting really old, right? And all your, like my uncle Tim, who you met, came home for Christmas. He hadn't been home for Christmas for, I bet you, 20 something years, 30 years. Hold on, was that was it, was he the guy, other guy in the boat fiasco? The other guy in the boat, yeah. Ah, gotcha. The one from San Francisco. He, he's from San Francisco. Yes. He doesn't know what he's yes. doing. He's from California. Uh, but, you know, when everybody's trying to get pictures of the grandma and grandpa and all, it's like, oh, boy, you know, might as well just, just tell them that we think they're going to be dead soon, you know? Mm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell us stories nice. about the old days. Tell us stories about the old days, yeah, Grandpa. Exactly. <laughs> saw some of my cousins, not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, so that, that was cool. But then once Christmas came around, we got dumped out for snow. Yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah. All the snow that missed us, you got it all. Yeah. So, like, my like my brother was sick. His wife and his kids came over. My sister did not make it over. My mom and dad are right around the corner, so they came over. So we had a nice, we had a nice Christmas, and then uh, we went to... And then we took our extended family, which is my four kids and my son's wife and my younger son's girlfriend. And we went to um, this town up in Michigan, up north in the Thumb area, Neil. Mm-hmm. It's little Bavaria called Frankenmuth. So we went up there for a couple of days. With the called kids. Frankenstein? What? Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth. Wow, that sounds like it's, a drink. Dude, you would love it so much, Neil. It's a city that is Christmas year round. <laughs> okay, I think I've seen movies about that. It's funny because it really is a beautiful, like, picturesque place, like, if you're into Christmas, which I, I'm, I don't say that I am, but I've, I've definitely warmed up to it over the years. Once again, it's sort of a nostalgia thing, you know? Reminds me of my sort of youth or something before I was so bitter. And, of you course, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all want to feel that way, but I never can. I always hope that Christmas is going to feel like it did when I was a kid, but it never does. Yeah. It's that kind of so, depressing. Yeah, we, so we piled like eight of us into two hotel rooms and that was pretty cozy and it was good. And I enjoyed, you know, my, even my daughter, Alex, who, you know, is real busy. We don't see as much as the other kids was able to go with us for basically, you know, three days, two nights. So that was cool. Okay. I have to ask you, Tom, um, yeah. and be honest with me. Yeah. So going up to perpetual Christmas town where it just yes. must have been Christmas shops and Christmas weird, you know, dude, there's dude, how there's fucking crazy. horrible was it? Was it, was it just. Yeah, what did you do? What, right. what did you do? There's this store there, Neil, and I think I sent you a picture when I was there. It's called Bronner's Christmas World. It's a it's all Christmas, 361 days a year. It's it's the size of a mire. I kid you not. It's, <laughs> oh, it's Jesus. so big, and it's all Christmas. Like any weird thing you can imagine, there's a Christmas ornament for it. It's it's a bizarre bizarre place, honestly. It and it it it's like a cross between uh it's so like old-fashioned it's like it it reminds you like a hundred thousand square foot church lobby or something it's just a weird a weird place now did did you find a misfits uh ornament i you know it's funny i looked for like for rock and roll ornaments and there was nothing like branded i don't think for a band so they still think that's like de- the devil's music, probably, right? It well, sounds like it was pretty religious. Well, the thing is, I mean, I'm sure you can get a Misfits Christmas ornament from like... Oh, I'm sure you can. Yeah, from Jerry Only for 50 bucks. Yeah, You can't possibly go in this place and... I mean, there's a ton of religious stuff, obviously, but you... you it, it, there's, there's some... Dude, it, like my daughter bought a Minecraft Christmas ornament. You know what I mean? It's like... Huh. It's just... Hmm. It's, it's, it's... I don't know. I get weary of the place after about 10 minutes. Yeah, oh, I bet, man, it must just be a fucking nightmare as far as I'm concerned, yeah. 
but you know, like my 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 son and his wife are having a baby, and so they, well, oh no, they bought a house this year, right? They moved into their house in yep. uh, I think October, so they got an ornament, like a customized ornament, you know, first year in the new house. Next year they'll get like the freaking new baby first year ornament or what, you know? It's uh, whatever, man. They're they're making their own memories, Neil. Well, yeah, the wife is, and the husband goes along with it. I know how it goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my son is very much like me. He's he's able to ignore his spouse at a real advanced level. For, for <laughs> yeah, so it's the only way to get by. I, I swear. <laughs> if you want to survive and have the have the marriage survive, yes. Well, sure. it, 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 you, yeah, you learn you learn coping mechanisms, and uh, yeah. he's. He's doing all right, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you figure, you know, your wife went along with you to punk rock bowling, so you went along with her to Frankenmuth to the Christmas store, right? It is, and you know, it is nice. It's really, you know, it's nice to spend time with all, you know, I, I, I with the family along. for sure. I get that. I yeah. get along with all my kids. I enjoy spending time with my kids, even though by the end of three days, it's a lot of togetherness, and I, <laughs> and I know you're in a similar position to me, but I really do feel like an ATM. Yes. Oh my God. Like, yes. It's just I pay for oh God. every single thing. I mean, every single thing. Dude, I told you, right? I I told you on Saturday because I was so pissed off. We went to the Art Institute. You know, big one of the biggest things in Chicago. It's gorgeous. It's fantastic. Art Institute is great. Don't mind paying the twenty five dollars entry fee. And because Chris is in the military, he got in for free, which is <laughs> nice. I'm thinking bonus, bonus, right? So we only had to pay for three tickets. Um. <clears throat> We look around for a couple of hours, go back to the, uh, you know, we parked reasonably close in a multi-story. I knew it was going to be expensive. I thought maybe, you know, for a couple of hours, I thought maybe 30 bucks, 55 fucking dollars to park for, a couple for, for two hours in this multi-story by the that's Institute. Why, that's one reason why the city has become insufferable. Yep. Yep. Now, and the funny thing was, I actually talked Laura. Laura's like, you know what? No, we'll just drive around if I just find street parking. She wasn't thinking because of the cost. She was just thinking because she likes to do that. She likes to find. She always thinks that she finds uh, great parking spaces, right? Why can't it be both? Why can't I, it be both? Well, like, to, to me, it's both. A, I don't like to spend the money. And B, I do get a certain amount of satisfaction out of finding a spot. Well, in my mind, it was like, A, it's New Year's Eve. And the, the city's going to be really busy. And I know how stressful driving in the city is. And I would much, much prefer to pay. I thought it was going to be like 30 bucks. I would much prefer to pay 30 bucks than have a half hour's worth of stress trying to find a fucking, you know, finding one way streets and finding street parking. If I'd known it was 55 fucking dollars, I would have said, go for it. (laughs) You know, drive around for a half hour. I don't fucking care, you know. But anyway, so, but yeah, talk about the ATM thing. So yeah, so then there was the price of the tickets, then the price of the parking, and then we went out to eat at the Elephant and Castle, which is like an English chain pub, uh, reasonably close. Hmm. And um, so then that was another 125 bucks or something when I was done with that. So yeah, talk about No, I know there's only th- only four of you, so that is definitely probably higher per person than what I'm paying, but... Yeah, my my dinner bills were pretty pretty outstanding. Yep. So this and this is after Christmas too, you know. So it's. Uh, yeah. But anyway, well, I'm 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 glad we enjoyed it. Uh, seeing the Art Institute was great. I sent you some pictures from the way, so you know, so you could get some culture too, you bastard. I got culture, man. I went to a high school band concert. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Listen, whose song is it? Mine or yours? yours? It's yours. Yes. Talking about the struggle, Tom. Tell us all about. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I had the struggle, anything. and now you're going to play it. I feel like this band might be English. 
Let's look that They're up, called The Struggle. Their album is Endless. And this is actually the first song on the record. It's got a long intro, but then it really kills. I can't remember the name of it. I'm looking right now. It's called Expose the Truth. Like I say, I think they're English, but I'm not 100%. But anyway, this is my last, like, found Pirates Press pick. This is The Struggle, Expose the Truth, from their Endless album. <laughs> Struggle with Expose the Truth. 
And hopefully when you hopefully when you said the album is endless, it didn't mean that it was really long and boring. Yeah, hopefully no, that was the name of it. Good. Um I can even though Discogs doesn't have any information on them, I would assume they are English because they have a song called Geordie Agro. So I assume they have a song called Cortex Selector too, and I have no idea what that means. Well, I assume that Geordie Agro, I assume they have to be from uh they have to be from Newcastle. If they have a song called Geordie Agro, so that must that must what is, be what is Geordie Agro? Geordies are just what the people of Newcastle are called. Ah, gotcha. So yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Paps Blue Ribbon! Come pour, we invite you to pour a Paps Blue Ribbon toast. Clearly refreshing, Paps is a bright golden brew. Clearly delicious, Paps flavor comes through. See, so we're talking about New Year's Eve. So, I did you ring in the New Year at home? Um, we we did. We did. did you ring in the New Year in bed? Um, no, I they actually made me stay up. But it was, dude, it was funny. So this was okay. So this was we went to the Art Institute on New Year's Eve in the afternoon, and I I didn't have any plans. My plans were going home after being in Chicago, having a cup of tea, sitting down and eating some fucking chocolate from Chris that we'd left over from Christmas. That was my I'm watching TV. That was my Christmas. That was my New Year's Eve. Um, but Lydia, you know, youngster, her yeah. and Chris and some of Lydia's friends, they were planning to go to uh, the Aragon, which if you know Chicago at all, it's a, it's a big venue. They have a lot of shows, have done for years. It's been there since the 70s. Is that where we went to the Circle Jerks? No, that was the Vic. The Vic. Oh. The Aragon is about twice the size. Okay. So, like, the Aragon is where they had that Ramon social distortion show from back in the early okay. 90s or yeah. whatever, you know. So it's about 3,000, I think. You know, old-fashioned theater. Beautiful theater, but really run down. Uh, everyone knows the Aragon. Uh, I mean, I know the name. I yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, used to be in a shitty neighborhood. Now it's kind of up and coming, but still not great. But anyway, she was going to... They were having some kind of DJ, like, disco kind of thing, ringing the New Year's. Uh so she'd planned this for weeks, and I was like, it sounds fucking horrible, but she's like, yeah, all my friends want to go. So, but Chris doesn't like big crowds, but he was going to go anyway because Lydia wanted to go, and because her friends want to go, right? So yeah, he was going to be a good sport and go. So they left about, but he'd been out all day with us, you know, doing the Art Institute thing. Sure. So um, they got ready. I could tell by his face and his body language, he wasn't particularly enthused. But um, they left about nine o'clock or something, so we weren't expecting to see him until three o'clock in the morning. Um, at, about, at about at about ten o'clock, Laura's like, "I think Lydia's on her way home," and I'm like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Yeah, I'm getting a ping from my what's my oh, what the iPhone tracker or whatever that she's in a cab on her way home." I'm like, "Oh, that's weird." So yeah, so I guess <laughs> I guess they, they took one step in the place. Um, Lydia got frisked and they threw away one of, she got a must, they must have had a shitty, uh, security guard or whatever. They threw away some of her shit that she had on her, which, so she was pissed off about that. They took one step in the place. The place was so fucking crowded that Chris had a panic attack or something. So they left after like five minutes and came home. So, I mean, yes, we rang in the new year. We rang in the new year at home. Long story short. The thing with a theater like that, like, it's great to see a show, but you can't really like dance in there or anything, right? They said when you dance in the aisles and the rows, or they said it was complete, like you couldn't eat, like it was more crowded than Riot Fest. 
and there was, you know, all kinds of, you know, it was probably 18 to 25 years old mainly, you know, lots of like gay dudes in hot pants with feather boas and stuff. And it's just that that would have driven me crazy. Can't believe, can't believe you didn't go with them. And knowing Lydia, I know that would drive her fucking insane as well. So, um, huh. yeah, so they, so they, but the funny thing is they paid like 50 bucks a ticket. Ugh. But they ended up coming home after like five hey, minutes. At least you didn't pay fifty bucks a ticket. For exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. So that was one bonus, I guess. Right, but that was my New Year's. How about you? Um, well, I had a fantabulous New Year's. I uh, we we were gonna go over to Scott and his wife's house with some other friends and a few couples, you know, and we were gonna take it easy actually because it was a bunch of a lot of my friends are football fans, you know, Michigan was playing. And, oh, that's right. There was the two big, the college playoff. Yeah. Games, Ohio yeah. state was playing. There was yep. all these. So we were, we were just actually going to have a pretty low key New Year's Eve. So that was Saturday. So I was out with the kids. I worked basically a day and a half and then I was off, you know, Friday went home and Saturday morning, I got up at like seven in the morning and I puked. Oh, that's right. You were sick. That's right. And you like, told me. Is, yeah. That yeah. It never happens to you. I have never, I can't remember the last time I puked, dude. I mean, it's been years. Um, and you know how I drink, but I don't puke. I just don't puke. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that is really weird. So I went back to bed. And then I got up at like nine o'clock or nine thirty or something. I don't know. Pretty, I slept in. And uh, I get a cup of coffee and I'm sitting in my, we have a, our Saturday routine is my wife usually watches Grey's Anatomy in the front of the house and I listen to music in the back. Mm hmm. And I'm drinking coffee, and I'm like, oh, I get up and I puke. Hmm. Like, that is really weird. And now, then was, it, I, was your stomach hurting before that, or just all, this not really. all of a sudden? I really huh. felt okay. Um, and then I tried one more time to drink coffee, threw up one more time, threw up three times. That was the lucky number. And I'm like, you know what? That's enough of this. So I didn't eat anything until much later in the day when I had some ginger ale, Verner's, great Michigan ginger ale, and some toast or something. But I, I never felt that bad. Like, I couldn't keep anything down, but it wasn't like I was, you know, laying in bed moaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was having a little bit of a little bit of soreness or something. But, yeah, so I – so, yeah, we didn't go out on New Year's Eve. And, and Sunday I really didn't do anything either because I didn't want to spread the joy around. So we didn't go to dinner, lunch at my mom's or anything. You know, I just kind of chilled out. And then Monday I got a little restless, so we went out for a little bit and went to Alex's and I set up her – record player i bought her this like clips speaker that's specifically made to hook up directly to a record player yeah 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 yep we set that up and uh, so yeah i got i got a little bit of money but yeah so my i a i was sober and b it was i did stay up we were watching uh we were, we were binge, binge watching television <laughs> so we stayed up past midnight but so what did you watch uh do you ever hear a show called the sinner with bill pullman Yes, I think I've seen an episode or two of that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's like short seasons, and it's the whole. It's like one story. The whole. It's 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 kind of cool. It's kind of fun, but actually, it's not fun. But it's it's kind of dark. But it's good. Um, and now we start watching the Jack Ryan. We're almost done with Jack Ryan. We'll probably finish that tonight, dude. What's funny about that? Okay, Season so three. so yeah, I watched that while Chris was here, and I told you Chris was in the Navy. Yeah, and you will. Okay, so you haven't seen the last episode yet. Uh-uh. So you will see in the last episode. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a battle at sea, and it was so interesting because the weapon system that Chris is being uh, taught on, or that he supports, or whatever, 
is one of the missile systems that comes into play, or defensive missile systems that comes into play in Jack Ryan. So if you've mm. if you've seen the new ep- uh, the new season of Jack Ryan, I'm two season episodes three, from the end. Don't spoil it for okay. me. Okay, no, I won't. But I'm but you will see exactly what happens in this battle at sea. That is one of the things that Chris does, and it just made me see him in a completely new light. Because to me. Instead of just some dumbass kid. Yeah, exactly. He was just, he was just yeah. du- you know, n- nice kid, but he was just, he seemed like a goofy, you know, 20-year-old who was Lydia's boyfriend. Hmm. But then when you look at him like this, that he's in charge of this multi-million dollar weapon system that can yeah. defend, you know, a warship or whatever. And it made me see him in a completely different light. And you realize how young these kids that are defending our countries, yeah. you know, how young they actually are. Uh, you know, Jesus, it was, uh, it was, it, it brought it, everything full circle for me. It is funny. I do, I do, I mean, I hope we never have another world war. I don't know that we'll ever have another conventional war like we did. But part of me does, you know, this is the grouchy 50 year old man goes, what would we do if we ever had to go to war? These kids now are too, like, like they're too scared to speak up. You know, 70 years ago, we sent these 18 year old kids to charge, charge into machine gun fire. Do we, you know, and like I said, I hope that never has to happen again, but I am concerned about today's youth having any fortitude, you know? I I think about that all the time, yeah, especially if there was a draft or something, because kids today complain if the fucking scooter has a flat tire or whatever, they'll fucking cry for a week. Or if you offend them, if you offend them, if you say the wrong thing, they'll get offended, so. you know, not intending to hurt anybody's feelings, but, you know, you think you got anxiety, wait till somebody's shooting at you. Right. Yeah, I suspect that'll make you real anxious. Yeah, and you're holding your 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 dead friend, you know, your friend yeah. who's, who's dead in your lap or whatever. Its head and, is and missing. You know, I, I listen. I never served. I'm not trying to be sanctimonious about it, but the fact of the matter is, I, I I'm a I'm a, a reader, and I do like to read history, and it is it is it's an interesting interesting idea. It was a different breed for sure. But anyway, it it, it was really it was really cool to hear. And then I I started asking Chris about these weapon systems, and again I saw a whole different side of him when he started explaining what some of these weapon systems are, and you know how fast they can reload, and um, it, it was it was fascinating actually. Lucky you know? he's not lucky he's way on the other side of the country. Or you'd be like calling him on your way home from work. You'd be like, can you find me on your radar? The car in front of me needs to be. <laughs> Eliminated. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Could you blow this up with Sea Whiz? Yes, please. Um, but funnily enough, he's actually uh, he's actually being stationed in Virginia. So in a couple of weeks, so he's going to be moved from San Diego to Virginia for six months, I think. That's so Virginia Beach. Convenient. It's still a long way. You probably still fly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think Lydia's going to go see him out there in February or something like that. It's, so is he, he going to be in Virginia Beach? Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice uh, that's a nice summertime destination. Unfortunately, it's going to be in February, so yeah, yeah, But uh, anyway, so yeah, he's going to be he's going to. You be better play there. another song because, matter of fact, because I'm going to do the last song, so you're going to play two in a row. Uh, all right, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to play. So the one I'm going to play right now is another one of these English oil bands. This song okay. is uh, by a band called Top Dog. They are a street punk band from Carlisle, which is in the northeast of England. Uh, eh, kind of northeast. It's north anyway. It's vaguely on the Scottish border, almost actually. So uh, this song is called "Real Heroes," and it's off their um, Top Dog album from 2016, I believe, from Rebellion Records. Um, yeah. So uh, Top Dog, Real Heroes. Thank you. 
that was Top Dog with Real Heroes. So if our friend who was complaining that he thought that Cox Sparrow was uh, right wing, I'd imagine he'd have a field day with some of these bands I'm playing tonight. Because <laughs> B-Squadron had the front of their album cover is uh, like the English flag and the fucking Union Jack or something like that. So he'd be having a fucking field day with that. So, uh, sure, yeah. It but is it, fun. It's fun to torment. It is, but and it's also fascinating to me, and it actually makes me feel very happy that these kind of bands, in their own scene, fair enough, yeah. you know, but they do still exist. So there are bands still doing this kind of thing who want to do this kind of thing, whether it be, you know, and the whole punk scene is so segmented these days, right? Because yeah. you got you all those like European pop punk bands, and that's like its own scene. And yeah. but there's obviously this oi street punk scene, you know, in every country. Because there's these American ones we were just talking about I think that are playing tiny. in Chicago. I really do think it's tiny. Oh, that's I'm why sure I... it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But uh, I mean, uh, they used to have. Was it this? No, it wasn't called Sound of the Streets because that's the one that's at Reggie's, right? 
Yeah. But I know they used to have some like two or three day festival at Cobra Lounge every year. And they'd actually get like all bands from all around the world to play that yeah. one. And I know that uh, Lars from Rancid with some of his um, side projects used to play that one too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. With like well, Oxys or. Yeah. My, my dudes from Detroit, the uh, Bad Assets, who I like yeah. to play once in a while, they 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 played up there. I know for that. Yeah. So we should we should get Bad Assets on. See, it. now that I think that Midwest, I think it was called Midwest Live and Loud. That's what. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. I think that actually moved around. Like, I think one year it was in Minneapolis. One year it was in. But I think they were Chicago was going to be their full time home. But then I think COVID hit. I don't know that it ever got back. Right. Um, you know what? There was a band I played a few weeks ago called Haymaker. Who were from? Yeah. I think I think they might be Dutch or something. But um, they have a couple of songs actually about Chicago. So yeah, it was. Huh. Uh, but it is cool to see that there is still that kind of that kind of scene and there's bands and people are committed to it and stuff. So that's good. That um, that sounds of the street festival is so bizarre because it's definitely got some street punk bands, but it's got some weird stuff too. You know, like one of the headliners is Get Dead. Right, who don't and, really and, fit and, in with that at all, right? Agreed. And, and once again, I know Get Dead's one of those bands. I, I'm not hip to them, and I don't really get it, and I have listened to them. But, man, a lot of people whose opinions I respect really like that band. I'm just, I just cannot get into them. Right, agreed. Um, uh, but, but you know, but like that's a cool festival. I, I am actually really bummed. That would have been my trip to Chicago early in the year because i would have definitely i would love to see a bunch of the bands there's a few of them that we've had on uh you know smaller bands doc rotten yep infirmities there's just a couple a couple of them and, and the poison uh, the poison well, the poison boys are playing it and the poison boys are yeah, also not a not a street punk not a street punk band at all no it's, but it's like i said it's a cool lineup and maybe i i don't know i i hate to see it kind of lose its focus but maybe there's not enough of those kind of bands available in february this year i don't know i know february is a weird time to have that because depending on weather it could be snowing and fucking freezing cold so but um because the fact matters i love i love the skinhead bands and i love the yeah. poison boys but you think the guys i don't know the, how many guys in shaved heads and suspenders are going to be up front singing along to the coiffed yeah, they might get get a poison. Boy. Wearing poison boys, you know. Poison boys might get bombed off, actually. Or maybe um, it maybe it doesn't matter at this point. I don't know, Neil. Maybe rock is so dead that it doesn't even matter. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think skinheads are known for being particularly um, <laughs> sensitive. <laughs> sensitive, and uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. So okay, it's a two day festival. Saturday tenth, I mean Friday the tenth, and Saturday the eleventh. Um, sounds of the sounds of the street at Reggie's. Saturday appears to be the day to go, because Saturday has uh lower class brats headlining. Yeah, that's good. Fear City from Chicago, one of the most well known oi bands from Chicago. Um, Doc Rotten is playing on Saturday. Poison Boys are playing Saturday. So that's going to be the day that I go. I'm not going to go to the Friday. I'm, I couldn't care less about Get Dead. So I am going to go Saturday, assuming the weather is okay. Now I'm a, you know, okay, I might be fair weather, but if it's snowing a shit ton, I'm not driving down to the south side in that. So assuming the weather's okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be at that. So I wonder, do they do, I wonder if they, see, I have no idea. I've never been to this festival, but I wonder if they use both sides or if they. No, it's at the, uh, it's at the rock club. It's in the rock club. Okay. It's at the rock club. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Other it's bands, a lot of bands for you, Neil. You're going to have to go like when it's halfway over. One o'clock. Yeah, there's no way. Well, they might make well, it to the headliners if you go one o'clock. 
Uh, yeah, but I might go one o'clock and take on. Well, I would like to do the lower class brats, though. I would. No, so, they're good, man. Yeah, they are. So, but I, but saying that, I hate to miss some of these opening bands. I mean, shit, they might be really good. That's yeah, true. Can tell. Poison Boys Wait. look like they're on pretty early in the bill. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you're talking about a 12 hour show or whatever, that's a lot of. Dude, it's going to be super interesting to see skinheads in a place. I see, you never see skinheads in, a, in these days. Maybe, very, very rarely. Maybe, right? maybe there'll be the five street. of them. Who knows? I mean, I, the last time I saw a bunch was at that Cockney Reject show about 10 years ago that I've told you about. Where, of course, yeah. there was a huge fucking fight. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the last time I saw any number of skinheads all together in the same place. So. Huh. But that's one of the few gigs I think I'm going to go to. How about you? I mean, what do you have coming up? Anything? I don't. I don't have anything coming up until March. I'm probably going to go see. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to go see Flogging Molly and Anti Flag. Well, hold on a second. So you're are you coming to the thing in Chicago in March? The I, uh, I, it's not looking particularly promising. Oh no, because that's Rumjacks, Flatfoot Fifty Six, and the Drowns. Yeah, I I really want to make that happen, but I'm not I'm not sure yet. I mean, I'm not saying no, but it's I have to work that weekend, and it's oh, you can't swap <sighs> with somebody. Well, and, and I have that grandbaby coming. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not giving birth to the thing. It seems like I shouldn't, don't really have much responsibility, but I'm not sure my wife shares my... Is it due that weekend? No, it's actually a couple weeks after that, so I... I oh, I'm, you're fine. You'll be fine. Jesus. Be well, well, that's my way. I said, I, I'd only be three hours away. And I said, well, yeah, I know what you're going to turn around if it comes. So I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Well, what do you got? You're not giving birth. That's kind of how I feel about it. What are you going to do? Sit in the fucking hospital and just look? I at mean, it? I had to. I had to go to my own kids being born. Isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah, that's enough punishment right there. Anyway, I, I, I'm not saying no, but I mean, I might. Maybe I can swap with somebody. I think you should, because I mean, that that one's going to be a big one. I mean, I and the drowns. What, I don't know it's when you get a chance. To see I know. Them, I do you know? want to go, so I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll try to make it happen. So okay. So on you January, know what? Go ahead. Maybe what. Well, I, I told you I met that uh, Tobin, the singer from Flat 56. Maybe we'll see mm-hmm. if I can keep on leading up to that. He's in like seven foot five or something. Dude, he makes me look like a small child. <laughs> he would put you in his jeans pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, so here, so I, there's a lot of bands that I'm, you know, I, if it was close and the weather was good, I might go see. Like Zeke is playing at Reggie's in a couple weeks yep. uh, on the 13th. Um, the Coffin Cats are playing. Actually, the Coffin Cats are playing at Reggie's the same night as that Skinhead Festival is on at Cobra Lounge. So oh, I, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying they're in Lombard. <laughs> no, so I might. Go, I might go to that. It's possible. Um, that Sounds of the Street Festival is early February tenth yeah, and eleventh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be gone unfortunately. If I, or like I said, I would definitely. That would be the one because there's just so many bands. Now, Teenage Bottle Rocket are fucking stupid because they're playing Chicago on a Monday night on the 13th. And that makes no sense at all. You got a lot of time off. <laughs> but why would they Why would they hit a major city where they know they're popular on a Monday night? Probably because, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't that know. That doesn't it's make just, any sense to me. Routing is weird, and they've been through town a lot lately. I can't imagine. No. I mean, it's, well, it, 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 it's been a year actually because when it was no, down, played, I, I just saw them. Oh, for you, yeah, perhaps. Teenage Bottle Rocket. Yeah, they just opened for MXPX at the House of Blues. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Fuck yeah, I forgot about I that. I mean, that was literally yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. Like a month ago. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Where it was? Because we, 
one of the things we did with Chris, we went down to uh, Sugar Records, and we went, we did that whole Milwaukee yeah. tour, right? We did that whole thing. Um, okay, so one thing I did buy that was exciting for me. So Naked Raygun put out the newest single, Broken Things, um, but it was a collaboration with a comic book artist, a famous comic book. I don't know comic books from yeah. Adam, right? But I guess it was a collaboration with a famous comic book artist. So the 7-inch they put out wasn't available at any record store. It was only available at this bookstore in Chicago. Which are was, they mail-ordering them too? Or are you the ma- the, they're mail-ordering them, but I actually drove down there because we wanted to take him down to the sure. you know, that Milwaukee stretch anyway. So... I went down there. I bought two copies of the Broken Things single, and they looked like they only had like three left. I think they only made two hundred. So what are we talking about? Fifteen bucks? How much? Fifteen bucks, yeah, yeah, yeah fifteen bucks. Um, so is is there a exclusive? Oh, excuse me, exclusive B side? I don't think it's a B side at all. I think it's like it's like an etch, like a comic oh, book etching etch yeah. on the B side kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I went down there and bought that, and then we went down and did that Milwaukee stretch. Which is like Sugar Records, Reckless Records. There's lots of like used clothing stores, which Lydia and Chris went into. The, you know, stuff like that. The kids are just totally into buying overpriced, crappy clothes. Uh, and it was just fun. It was fun to. It's that's a fun. That's a fun strip. You know. You know. We have done that yeah, with us sure. before. Um, Sugar Records was the same as ever. They were playing horrendous music. Um, almost, Literally testing you to yeah, see if you can tolerate. To, it. to see if you can tolerate it. But I did find some good stuff in there actually, and. Uh, it it is an interesting store, and they're getting more and more stuff in there all the time. Like now, they have a bunch of like vintage baseball cards and stuff. So, like mm. Lydia bought some vintage baseball cards for Chris's dad, which I thought was interesting. Um, Chris's Chris's dad's probably like younger than I am. He's certainly younger than me. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got. He's like he, uh, yeah, he is younger than you. He's not even forty. Yeah. He's not even forty. No, they had the wow, kids. They had the kids very. There, huh? They had the kids very early. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be like me. He's gonna have grandparents when he's fifty years old. Yeah, I think his grandparents are my age, which is <laughs> <Just> fucking horrible. <laughs> um, but then we went across to uh, we went to Belmont Army Surplus, which is I got some nice clothes and stuff in there, and then we went to Reckless, and Reckless was the same as ever. It's uh, again they were testing you with what they're playing in there. And they're trying to drive you out, um, but that seemed expensive. So we don't. I don't think we actually bought anything at Reckless. It was. Uh, it's a very Reckless is a very solid record store. Like it's it's like it would be good anywhere you go. There was a ton of people in there, man. The place was fucking packed, which was surprising. Yeah. I mean, but, I would rather go to Bucket of Blood. Yeah, mom, me too, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But Reckless is a good Reckless is a good record store. Well, I think Reckless so, though it knows that it's one of the. You know, if there's a if there's a record store in town that that like tourists look up, they'll everybody knows Reckless. Yeah. So I don't think they think they have to try particularly hard. You know what I mean? So I think that's why that and their prices are a little bit higher and whatever. I thought their punk stuff was fairly priced. I don't know about the rest of it. But. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I found some really. I mean, I remember going to there one time and just finding like a ton of like really good seven inches the seven inch second is excellent because not a lot of people look at seven inches to be to be honest i don't know how many people these days even even you know think about seven inch records oh dude vertigo has a tremendous selection of lps and they have a pretty good amount of seven inches too in the back but like nobody looks at them yeah exactly yeah yeah 
Well, when, what, well, that's why I was super. They're hard ex- to go through, I think, too. They're just hard to look through. I, I, I mean, I was super excited to get this naked Reagan seven inch. I think I posted it on the Facebook and yeah. thinking I'd get a lot of thread from that, but nobody seemed to really care. You didn't get enough likes. It didn't spike your dopamine enough. Well, I bought well, I bought two copies because I thought that somebody would say, "How do I get this?" Because they couldn't get ah. it at any record stores, and nobody did. So that kind of surprised me. Thought somebody would do. Somebody would uh, cash in a little blue pill chip for you to get that record. Anywho, yes, exactly, exactly. All um, right. Oh yeah, you want me to play something else, don't you? I want you to play another song, yes, because uh, dinner's calling. And, oh Jesus! Um, Here you go. Anybody has to go pee, so we know our boy. I, I, I do at the pee, but I'm gonna yeah. hold it. Okay, so this is another. Um, okay, so what would you think? Typical oi band. What are they going to be singing songs about? Uh, football, fighting, drinking. Fighting was ding ding ding. So um, you know what? Football, Queen... but like fake football, the kind where you kick the ball. <laughs> you mean the most popular sport in the world? Yeah, that one. Um, Queensbury Rules. That's the name of this band, and obviously that was okay. the original boxing rules, was the Queensbury okay. Rules. So okay. this is a band called Queensbury Rules, and this song is called Get the Fuck Out.
right? That was Queensbury Rules with Get the Fuck Out. And, uh, nice. Very subtle. Me, yeah, exactly. Let me look up a second where they're from. Do, 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 do. Well, Neil, I got to tell you, I, I would be remiss if I didn't wish you a happy birthday, even though it's going to be, once again, it's going to be, you know, well over a week past your birthday by the time anybody else hears this. Uh, now, that was a post on our Facebook group that did get a lot of responses. It was, and actually, I was very, I, I was very happy that every, you know, so many people wish me happy birthday on my on my page and also on the Punk the Light Out page. So thank you so much, um, everybody who posted me good wishes and sent funny memes and stuff like that. It was it was much appreciated because my birthday, to be honest, it kind of sucks because it falls on such a miserable time of year. As a kid, it was always the week that we went back to school. And as an adult, it's when everybody goes back to work and the weather is normally fucking miserable. And so it's normally not a super happy, de- happy day, you know, I mean, it's, it gets, you know, everyone's pissed off from Christmas being over and, uh, it, it is what it is. And this was a big one for me, obviously, as you know, Tom turns 50 this year, I turned 60. So, uh. Yeah, it was a weird one, but we we're 110 years coming at you here. Yeah, 110 years between us. So there you go. Um, But no, it it was a fun day. We made the most of it as we could. And like I say, everyone's messages were much appreciated. And uh, yeah, we went out for dinner last night, actually to a new Irish restaurant. Well, not new, new to me. We discovered in the north side of the city. And uh, it was it was really good. And they had Bellhaven on draft. So I was happy. And uh, there we go. Yeah, it was good. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it you know, and it's you know, when I was younger, I when or I see all these people like, oh, it's my birthday week, or you know, I took my birthday off work. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's just your birthday. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten, you know, I think it's okay to take a minute. You know. No, I didn't. I worked yesterday, but I worked from home. So, but that was actually that might actually have been a mistake because I was off the entire week from Christmas Eve to the day after new year's so i was off for like 11 days and i'll be honest man i was ready to kill by the end of it i was so bored shitless um <laughs> that actually someone emailed me on one of those days and wanted me to help them at work and i was happy to do it because i was so fucking bored so to me what that says is i am not going to be retiring anytime soon because uh <laughs> Well, there you go. I, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm healthy and I'm just going to keep on working because I, not that I hate being at home, but, you know, I wake up at five five thirty six o'clock in the morning and I've done all my chores by 7.30. But if you didn't have to go to work, maybe you could change that. Maybe a little bit, but when I, see, I'm one of those people that when my brain wakes up, I cannot just go turn over and go back to sleep again i mean the, you know maybe if you're retired you could actually see a headliner once in a while <laughs> i could actually stay up till 10 you could stay till the end of greg ginn's extended <laughs> black flag jams which i told you right they're playing uh i, yeah, I did talk about that right they're playing they're playing uh two they're playing two shows at some weird fucking well the great thing is they're, they're doing two sets and with no opening act it's like the only reason people go to see is if you got the opening go. act yep exactly yeah, God, I I don't know who the fuck is going to be going to see that. That is that was 
Oh God! Talk about I ego. People who haven't been to a show since 1986 and don't realize that Henry Rollins isn't the singer anymore. That's who's going to see that. No, but those people, those people went to the Des Plaines show. <laughs> so they, you think? Yeah. I don't think they know. What, I don't think they know where Des Plaines is. Well, this one's at a weird place too, though. This one isn't at a weird at a regular Chicago venue. Hmm. Um, I I just can't imagine who he thinks is going to go buy tickets to see his fucking bullshit again. That just amazes me. Hmm. Well, yeah, but it's two sets this time. Yes, doing my war in one set and slip it in and the second set. So you'll be able to see, you know, 25 minutes of him guitar noodling. That'll be fantastic. Oh, slip it in. I mean, a couple of songs from that are okay, but nobody's looking to hear that whole album. I mean, they want to hear Rat's Eyes for 35 minutes. Rat's Eyes. Rat's Eyes. <laughs> Mike V I mean, fucking doing his best. Black Oh, Bobby. God. Oh, just fucking yeah. dreadful. All right. Well, listen, we're going to call it a day here. My dinner's calling. Um, so Neil, we got an email from a band. We did just yesterday, I think, as a matter of fact. I don't, I don't know when we got it. They're called the Remote Controls. They're from Indianapolis. They just put out their debut EP. Yes. And it's funny because you and I, you know, obviously we we speak almost every day, but it's it's pretty clear when a band sends us something that has no idea who we are. Oh, there's yes. Things that send us stuff where they're like, "There's no way they can think we're gonna like this." Right, we'll get bands through. I, I don't even know how they get not a hold even, of us. Yeah. Not even like punk rock stuff, you know? No, like but, house shit, yeah. So I was actually pretty pleasantly surprised by the remote controls because it's it's like pretty straight up cool punk rock. So uh, this is going to be our best of spam for our, the first best of spam for the new year. And the songs are short, so we're going to do two songs off the remote controls uh, self-titled EP available on Bandcamp. I like I said, digital and CD. Um, this would be a perfect length for a ten-inch. It's like twenty minutes long. The whole album. There you go. Anyway, we're gonna play two songs. I'm gonna play the first track in the album, which is called "I Don't Want to Give a Fuck," and then we're gonna play track number four, which is called "Repeat Offender." So anyway, here, check out the remote controls on the Best of Spam with "I Don't Want to Give a Fuck" and "Repeat Offender."
the remote controls from Indianapolis with yes. uh, I Don't Want to Give a Fuck and Repeat Offender. And it is cool when bands reach out to us. Well, I was going to say when bands reach out to us themselves because we get so many spam emails from PR, from PR yeah. people or from labels and stuff that, again, they clearly don't know what we do because oftentimes a lot of what they send us is not in our wheelhouse at all in fact do you bother to listen to a lot of that stuff tom i know i don't i just well some of it's kind of punky but just too wimpy i mean do you listen to everything that people send us links to or do you not no no and as a matter of fact it, and i'm really pretty terrible about it because i'll the, the thing with this was nice and fresh so it was you know quick from the you know frying pan to the plate or whatever because a lot of times i'll hear something and say oh that's cool maybe i'll do something with that and then i'll forget about it and it's it's it might not be because we think your band sucks. It might just be because I'm poorly organized. So, But it is it is obvious when it is a guy from a band that maybe has either heard us or has heard of us and knows what kind of things we'll play. And, uh, and it isn't just a PR thing just being sent yeah. out to like 5 million different websites, right? And we, so, have no, listen, we have no idea whether or not you know who we are or care about our podcast or whatever. I mean, sometimes it's clear. Like sometimes the email they they'll drop enough references that they you can tell they are familiar with what we do. I mean, but it, I, I mean, but if it's a little bit personalized and they offer to send us a CD or stickers if we like it or whatever, yeah. I mean, you know, that kind of yeah. thing will get us will get more play than if it's just like a generic fucking you know blast email or something. Well, well, once again, and you know, not to cry or you know, it's not. We do this because we love it. Because Neil and I enjoy having long conversations interspersed with yes. music. Yeah, exactly. But the fact of the matter is, we we've never considered like how to make money doing this, and we don't. So when people send us crap, we like it, man. I like, you know, I wear your band's T-shirt or put your yep. stickers on my stuff or whatever. You know, we we like we like ultimately like getting free crap. So. If nothing else, we'll let our dogs chew on. Now a CD, I, I, you know, I, I would actually prefer to, st- I would actually prefer stickers to a CD, because um, I, I'll be honest, I am not going to play a CD. I, I will listen to CDs in my car still, but I have so many that I, I am probably don't necessarily need anymore. I mean, I'm more likely to stream it than I am to play a CD. Yeah. So you know, there you go. Unless a CD has got like two hundred dollars wrapped up inside of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> naked pictures of your mom it depends on the mom my friend yeah. <laughs> I might be 60 but you know I exactly. got those boner pills so it's all working fine exactly yeah a lot of boner talk today all right <laughs> let's wrap this sucker up Neil all right so yeah you can um, yeah Facebook group join our Facebook group uh, obviously punctual I die just look it up on there uh, 
Go to loudpizza.com. Go to loudpizza. Oh, on, that was that's exciting. Mike um, signed uh, a lease, and they're going to have a real uh, brick-and-mortar record store. Oh, sweet. So Loud Pizza is going to have a real... Uh, I'll visit when I come up. Cool. Yeah, a real location. I think it's going to be in Libertyville, I think. I'm not quite sure on that one, but um, yeah, that's cool. But is anyway, that in Chicago or is that like its own thing? Suburb. It's up by my work. It, you, know, you know where you went to meet me? At, uh, yep. When you met Rick, what 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 town was that? Fuck, Coomas. Uh, um, it was the Coomas that's now closed up in the northern suburbs. Um, yeah, but that's Libertyville right there. So. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, you can buy our t-shirts and merch and stuff like that at loudpizza.com. And, uh, and yeah, we'll thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us for another year. Jeez, Tom, this yeah. is our fourth year. How about that? Yeah. Happy new year, everybody. Yeah. Happy new year. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for the birthday wishes and, uh, stay free. We'll smell you later. Smell you later, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. That brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart. And we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ha, ha. Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.